What's going on, Trophy Kids? We got a good one here for you. We catch me very shortly after Xavier gets bounced from the Big East Tournament. We talk about kind of all the big tournament games, what we're looking forward to heading into March, things to watch out for. We talk a lot of college hoops. This is a really good episode to get you prepared. We're going to do our break it, bracket breakdowns next week, but you're not going to want to miss this one because there's a lot of good information. We hope you like it, and let's go. Welcome Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is March 10th, and I officially hate the month of March. I am absolutely dead inside. I what is what are feelings and emotions? I I don't know. What what are these things that people talk about in the month of March? I I I have no recollection of it after today. Apparently, I'm just dead inside. Oh, Nate, you can't take that route. It's March. It's the best time of year. The weather's breaking. College basketball is ongoing. There are games tomorrow at. 10.30 a.m. I'm a man stuffing my face with Reese's right now and just <laughs> sadness. Betting my way, betting my pain out. Immediately after the game finished, I tweeted out, pick of the day, St. John's minus four and a half, just to feel something again. Just to have a little uh, a little something run through my body. It's currently nailing it right now. So you're welcome to how, for that. So if you don't know, Xavier um, is out of the Big East tournament to a, a very likely foe, no matter how bad or how good Butler is, they seem to uh, beat Xavier in the, yes, three, three straight <laughs> years, leading with mere seconds left on the clock in a must-win game, Xavier has lost, has found ways in the most ridiculous fashion to lose. I don't even understand it anymore. Like, this program is just dead at this point. We're dead in the water. I don't... I don't have a solution. Everybody wants to pretend they have a solution, like fire the coach, we're back, we're fine. Like, sure, maybe that works, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. All I know is this team has the same problem every year. They can't make free throws. They're mentally checked out of games at the end of games and make terrible decisions, which we saw, which I feel so bad for Paul Scruggs, but it was sort of the epitome of his career at the end of the game. But I, my heart breaks for him sitting him on the be- seeing him on the bench like that after giving five years to this program. But just a terrible decision at the end of the game, which I think falls on coaching because the kids are not prepared at the end of the games. This happens every year. You know, we tailspin in January. January, end of January, Xavier was a fourth in some brackets, a fifth in most prediction for the tournament. And now we're not even making it. Unless everything goes perfect, then maybe, maybe we make it if everything goes our way the rest of this the rest of the conference champion or tournaments go. Like, just an absolute yeah. tailspin. Every year, it's a tailspin, February through March, and that is coaching. Like, sure, the players stunk it up. Couldn't hit a shot. They couldn't hit water from the beach. Um, but at the same time, good coaches pull their teams out of tailspins. They don't let it go full-blown collapse like that, and we just didn't have it. This team is just... <sighs> I don't... I'm, I'm dead inside. This program's dead. So, we have to talk about Bubble Watch, particularly with Xavier... Um, and let's talk about a couple of things that are working against Xavier. You drop a game against Butler, who you have no business dropping a game against, and you've had some questionable losses along the way. Let's talk about two good things, though, for Xavier, um, which will probably keep them in the field. Maybe a play-in game. So, yeah, they, they Xavier is probably play-in game if we start the tournament right now, um, two good things. One, late season play doesn't really matter anymore, right? It's These true. games like this don't don't really matter, not with the net ranking and how the committee selects. Um, and two, I mean, your net, your net is still um, pretty high at 36, right? So um, with a net of 36 and the quad one wins that Xavier has – it's kind of hard to keep them out of the tournament when you still have teams like Indiana and um, even like uh, Wake Forest, right? Um, those are like bubble teams that I think are it, trying to win a tournament to their conference tournaments to get in. I think Xavier is in maybe a play-in game, maybe last four in, but um, I, I don't think – let's not count them out yet. We'll see. I mean, we don't deserve to be in. And, like, some things, like, definitely have to break our way here in this tournament. Like, it's out of our hands at this point. Like, we do not control our own destiny. We would have had we won this game. We'd be in for sure. And then we may be out of the – we'd yeah. probably be not the playing game if we had won the next game, which would have been tough against Providence. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it's just – it's demoralizing. Like, the first time in 40 years this program will not have gone to the 
uh, March Madness for four straight years. That hasn't happened in 40 years. Like, it's just, like, like, don't get me wrong. I don't have these grander ideas that, like, we're going to be, like, the top team or competing for, like, Final Fours or anything like that. But my entire fanhood with Xavier, like, we've always been in the fight, at least. Like, every game, we went into those games feeling like you could win a game here. You were going to make some noise in the tournament. You could pencil Xavier in to be that team that wins a game that opening week or makes a stretch into the Sweet 16 when nobody was expecting it. Like, they were just a feisty team. They had dudes mm-hmm. that just, like, they had that kind of fuck it mentality. Like, we're, like nobody is going to beat us. And if they do, they're going to pay a heavy toll for doing so. And, like, that just isn't what the brand is right now. And I, I it sucks because Steele is a great guy. I hate... The fans have been really terrible. Like, it is a dumpster fire in the Xavier fanhood right now. And some people have crossed the line. You know, there was reports that his wife was getting harassed after one game. They want fire steel banners. All crossing the line. All unacceptable behavior. And I feel for the guy. Because he's generally a really great guy from all things considered. Like, he seems like a fantastic person. He's genuinely nice. He gets it. Like, he's awesome. Everybody, I think, like, when you when you when if you really pay attention to the guy, you want this guy to succeed. But it's just not working, and like I, I don't. I'm saying like way too much. I'm just, just I'm, my brain. Like I said, the moment we lost this game, I was like, well, guess I have to bet the pain away. St. John's minus four and a half. Fire it up. Let's put four units on it and roll. Um, Looks so like the bet is going good. Just to right feel now. something again, and that that's what got me into this moment. Like I'm feeling again. My body is coming back to life because of St. John's. Words I never thought I'd ever say in my entire life. St. John's is breathing life back into these lungs, um, and we won't harp on Xavier for too long. It's just. Nah. I got to rep them, and it's just, like, I sat there at my girlfriend's apartment after that loss for an hour in complete silence. Like, we put on New Girl. She just, like, put something on to watch, and I just sat there in complete, utter, dead, sulking silence. <laughs> I'm dead inside. I don't know what else to say. We should probably well, move on. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to um, Sister Jean, because she's going back to the How tournament. is this woman still, like, God bless her. <laughs> I mean, clearly has found the success to life. But, I mean, when I saw that she's coming back, I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> Loyola is dancing, and you, to hire Valentine and watch him do this for that team in such a short time, I mean... What do you what do you do? Loyola looks like the smartest people in in uh, you know the Missouri Valley Conference right now. They look like a basketball program that has purpose and focus and <laughs> determination and things that we once used to admire in a Xavier program. Uh, no, yeah, they they've done a great job. I mean, they they've built and that's the fun thing about basketball. I think because you know we talk about it in college football so often how we want parity in the sport and all this. Like college basketball is the one really true sport where you have these healthy programs that just put together these teams that can get into March, can make a little noise, that can go up against big-time programs. And it's what makes the sport exciting. It's what makes March, like, one of the most fun times of years. That's not proper grammar, but whatever. Like, it's an awesome time. Like, I I think you can agree, like, that's what makes this sport great is, like, you have a program like Loyola, you have a program like St. Mary's who challenges Gonzaga in a terrible conference that you just know, like, yeah, they're not getting the five-star kids, but they're building a program. They have a healthy program. They have good coaching. They get the most out of their talent, and it makes the sport fun and why March is the best time. And, And this, once again, is a team that's dangerous. Like, you can't sleep on them like they're not going to do I don't think what the you know the past Loyola team it did but like you can't sleep on them because they do present a, a, a challenge when you play them yeah I want to put this in perspective for everyone so I was born in 92 Drew Valentine was born in 1991 <laughs> and he is coaching a tournament team um Michigan State played um the Ramblers earlier this year, they took us to the wire. We won. Um, but it was, it was a hard fought game. And I'm glad that Loyola actually did punch their ticket. Cause it makes MSU's uh, <laughs> um, resume look, look a little better. Um, and obviously there's that connection there with Drew. Cause um, his brother Denzel obviously played for Michigan state as well, but I'm saying all that to uh, bolster Nate's um his comments that 
you know, you take a chance, you hire a very, very young coach, and he does it. He he takes his team, he makes them believe, and he punches his ticket. I think Loyola, like you said, Nate, is not a team that I think is going to end up in the Sweet 16, maybe not. Um, but is a team that's sneaky and may, you know, get to the round of 32, and you might be sitting there scratching your head like, wait, how did that happen? I feel like there's a lot of teams like that this year. Like this is, you know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago when we had Mike Randall on that like this year's tournament, I think might be one of the deepest tournaments we've seen. Like I feel like the vast majority of my life as a sports fan, when we get to March Madness, it's like one or two teams versus the field is sort of how we're we're phrasing things. And obviously March Madness presents this this opportunity where there's chaos and craziness and teams break through. But going into it, conventional wisdom, it's like you can pick one or two teams and it's like them versus the field. And this year, I don't think we really have that, which we're going to dive into a little bit more. You have teams like Wyoming, Colorado State, Loyola, like these, these teams that if you haven't been paying attention to college basketball – that are going to put up a real big fight this March. Like, I'm very interested. We're going to do this this uh, bracket show next week once Selection Sunday's over. The matchups are going to be so key because yep. there are so many low-end teams that are getting in that aren't Power 5 programs like the Wyomings, like the Colorado States, like the Loyolas, that you cannot sleep on them. They present real challenges depending on the matchups they get. And they are really good basketball teams. And that's across the board. Even the Power Five, like, there are so many. Like, we look at the SEC. You know, they've been so good. That. But they are t- they haven't played well away from their home courts. And there's a lot of, like, matchups. You look at Gonzaga. If they got a matchup where they have to go up against some big kind of bangers down in the paint, Chet's not really going to hold up. Like, it's it's so matchup-based this year. It's what's going to make it very exciting. Yeah, if we, if we switch gears and talk about another team that punched their ticket, um, last week with uh Chattanooga that's a team I don't want to see what you're like what you're talking about a team designed to not let you run because they're so big and physical but also designed to run when they get the ball and it, it could spell disaster for you especially if you're you're used to a conference where either you're running the ball all the time or you're dishing it down Auburn Arkansas uh, yeah <laughs> right like yeah, that. that's what you're used to then this team comes in and say, okay, we are, we're not going to let you shoot the inside shot, and we're going to run as soon as we get the ball. I think Chattanooga is very, very dangerous, especially for a team like, I'm going to call them out here, like a LSU, right? Or like you said, like an Arkansas. I think you don't want to see, you don't want, even a Michigan State doesn't want to see a Chattanooga because any team that's forcing you to shoot those mid-range jumpers, and I don't care what anyone, what any of these analysts say or whatever, the mid-range jumper right now in college basketball is the hard hardest shot to make. Yeah. I mean, and to, so to your hard. point too, with Chattanooga, why they present such a great challenge. And you know, this is something to look out for. It's a, it's a key stat when you're looking for breakdowns. They're the seventh best defense in the country when it comes to exactly. three point percent, at least three point percentage allowed. So if you get a team that likes to run and put up a lot of threes, like this is a team that defends the three really, really well. And is a team that plays really efficient, defensive basketball and makes it tough so it's all matchup based like Chattanooga that's a great example to throw out there Dante because they are like that's they are the stereotypical team that like depending on the matchup they get early in the tournament they're going to be a really tough out really really tough out um yeah I don't the other teams that punched their ticket while not saying that they uh shouldn't be there like I don't know much about Georgia State and what they did in the Sun Belt um, and I don't know much about Murray State. Talk about um, Bryant either. and that kid Kiss who just yes. starting oh a riot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> unbelievable, dude. Kids are getting slept left and right in the stands. This kid Kiss is out here flexing on everybody, just putting on a show. Like he feels like if the, I haven't watched a second of Bryant basketball until last night. First time I've watched them, hand up there. Like I can't go in depth about them. But this kid in that program seems like they they got some characters that if they get an opportunity, could be some fun to watch. Yeah, Bryant. I was just gonna say that, like, other than uh Flipping it on real quick and watching, um, watching that game. I don't know. Yeah, like the Northeast Conference. I I couldn't even tell you other teams. No, got (laughs) nothing there. Um, we would be remiss. We kind of talked about them a little bit, but um, our boys, the Bulldogs, Gonzaga, who, um, 
St. Mary's showed that there is a way to beat Gonzaga. You can beat them definitively, um, especially if you force Gonzaga to, um, if you out-rebound them and force them to throw the ball down low, uh, it could be very disastrous. Gonzaga didn't allow St. Mary's to do that uh, last, was that last night? Yeah, yeah last, last night. night. Um, and shot very efficiently. Yeah, shot very efficiently. We, I watched part of that game. Um I think the Zags are are the real deal here in a tournament where, like you said, there's not going to be a like a clear number one. Not there's no Baylor right no. from last year, right? And so I think if the Zags get the right matchup all the way through, they could you know coast their way to the Final Four. But also I could see depending on like you said, you run up against the Chatt- Gonzaga definitely doesn't want to see Chattanooga in their bracket. Even worse, I actually think. Um, Gonzaga's overrated because they are going to have a problem. Like, are you telling me Chet can bang it out down low if they run into no, like, that's a what Purdue I'm saying. or something? If, like, like if this is the to... problem. Like, I think there's a lot of teams in this tournament. Like, it's all matchup based for Gonzaga. But I, yeah. it, like, their bracket. I'm super interested to see who the two seed is, who to see the re- who the rest of that fills out. Because if, like you said, and, and it, you did say it, but like, I just see so many teams out there in the field that could give them problems because Chet is not going to bank it down low. What's his face, Timmy or whatever? Tim, he, yeah, Timmy. Yeah. He he ain't either. Like if you ran up against a Purdue, you're telling me they have any shot down low, ever? I think Purdue's like a bad Purdue's example. overrated, but like a team like Illinois, you could even go with yeah, Illinois, Illinois or yes. like if, any one yes. of those teams. If Gonzaga has Illinois as their second seed, that's a Illinois bracket. Um, I think Purdue is a bad example because i think you could get out coached there yeah they're probably um, not making it all the way there but like I, i'm giving yeah. them an example because they're just the ones who have the freaks <laughs> but down illinois, low, think, but like yeah i think illinois is a good one hell even a team that's not super physical but could stretch them out like a providence too yeah a- another good point there um right now the prediction the two c would be was i think based off i'm looking at espn see, Wisconsin. I, see, I don't like that if it's yeah, but, if it's Wisconsin, I feel like Gonzaga has that easily. Yeah, they'd have like a they'd have uh, Texas Tech in that bracket potentially if it Colorado State in the bottom part, not great. TCU injury UConn. They might have to face a UConn or Arkansas. Yeah, that would be a tough bracket for them to to lose in, I think, the way they have this up. Yeah, see, it'll be interesting. What, yeah. If if that's the bracket, then um that's what I'm saying. I, I think there is also a, a I'm not I don't have any proof of this but there is a some sort of incentive to give gonzaga an easy bracket right oh 100 potentially yeah right so that's what i'm saying i think if you got wisconsin in your bracket if that's your biggest threat i think gonzaga maybe not cakewalks to the final four but it's their best that's their best option now again if you see illinois even if you see i don't know what providence what's providence uh being um, in this one, they are mocked as uh, this is great. Also, I'm five, sort six, of glad Xavier isn't. They have us right now. It, Xavier Wyoming's the pairing for the plan to play Houston, and then the winner of Illinois Toledo. We would get boast, boat raced by Illinois if we were to make the tournament. Uh, they got Providence as a four in the Midwest. Four, uh, see a four or like, five. See, I don't yeah. think you. And that's Providence isn't a big team, but like I said, Providence. No, but what could stretch you out? They could. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, ch- ch- if you've got a guy who can just kind of, if you've got a big body physical guy down low, he doesn't have to be like giant. Right. Chet's almost a non factor, in my opinion. Like, I know he's a great player, but we can eliminate him. I, I Gonzaga's not winning it all this year. I, I just see too many holes in that program. I think they're overrated as the number one overall seed. They are probably going to get it to your point, but yeah, I think. I mean, all the teams have holes. This is what we're saying. It's a deep comp. It's a deep tournament. But I, I just think I'm really high in Kentucky. I love Kentucky. I think Kentucky. It's going to be. A, I don't love the bracket they have them in right now. That you know they should get through the first two, the first weekend relatively easily. Um, if this bracket were to, to hold, and then you know, actually, hell, they're probably going to get. Yeah, I mean, that looked great. I love Kentucky. Like right off the bat, they're my favorite team right now. Um, which I think is not a very hot take. There's so many people out there, but this is a team that's just played so well with injuries to key players who they're going to be getting back here and just has been playing, I mean, the third most efficient offense. They defend pretty well. They're super good and organized on offense. Like, it's just a really good cohesive team. I don't know how you feel about Kentucky, but they are. I think they're going to win the... I don't have to win the SEC tournament, but I think when it comes to tournament time, they are my most dangerous 
big blue, true blue blood team, I guess. Kentucky just isn't sexy to me, if that makes sense. Mm, that's fine. Sexy, yeah, se- like, not being sexy still gets the job done a good percent of the time. A lot of, lot of dad bods out there. <laughs> <laughs> not in that. It's just like, oh, Kentucky is good. Kansas is good. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, like, kind of like when MSU went out there and, and, Chit the bed in twenty six was that twenty sixteen when they were the two C and they should have won that tournament kind of like that like they were yep. uh, it was easy to pick MSU that year I think it's easy Kentucky I think if you're if you're if you're cold on Gonzaga right I think Kentucky is a real easy pick and that's not I'm not saying that to say that Kentucky won't win right that's not what I'm saying at all what I'm saying is I'm not really interested in Kentucky winning. I got them right now. The things that make that make me like this Kentucky team with the key injuries they've had: third efficient, third most efficient offense, first in field goal attempts per 100 attempts down the court, fourth in field goal percentage against the average opponent, 19th in three point percentage, um, fifth in what was it? I had it here: mid range field goal attempts per 100 trips versus the average appointment. You know. Yeah. They're, That's a very very efficient. This is an efficient offense that has lo- who has been banged up with two key players that they're going to get back here. I just I think and I think this is best Cal's best coaching job, which is sort of a crazy statement to say because you know coaching and Cal doesn't exactly use go hand in yeah. hand. It's more like recruiting in Cal, um, NBA talent in Cal. But this is a cohesive unit and a a team that I just. I really, really like good strength of schedule. Not the best, but a good strength of schedule. They were challenged at at times. Um, so yeah, I, I I like the Kentucky team. Not a sexy pick by any stretch of the imagination. Ton of people are probably going to say that, but I, I do like them as a. a I don't big know if a ton threat. of people are going to say that. I am often wrong on this podcast. Um, <laughs> So I don't know if ton- well, everybody loves Arizona too. Arizona, man, is, Arizona they are you're talking about another first year coach, right? Everybody Arizona. loves Arizona. Yeah. A yeah. heck of a job. Um, Lloyd, right? Yeah. Yes. From, I mean, another another Zags, right? That's mm-hmm. where he came from. Um, and he is just after, you know, uh, FBI investigations and whatever Adidas was doing. And, I mean, Nike and Adidas, whatever. Arizona yeah. is, is rolling um, with their first year um, coach here. I, I, I am in awe of what's happening. If Lloyd would have went there and they would have been a bubble team, I think it still would have been a success. Um, the, like recovering from an FBI sting. I don't care. Like look at, look at Louisville. They, they have now kind of recovered, but look how long it took them to re, to recover. A I know, they bit, just right? fired their coach. <laughs> they're not even <laughs> well, <really> recovering. <laughs> they're not really recovering. Which is so hilarious that the last two Xavier coaches are both uh, currently unemployed right now. So, you know, Sean Miller, if you're all in the clear, I will welcome you back with open arms. I know it's more complicated I, that, you, but I do not care. <laughs> I don't know if Sean Miller coaches. You think he coaches again? Nah, probably not. But I'm just saying if he wants to and all is good on the Western Front and there's no more, you know, legality issues. I know it's a little bit more complicated than that. I'm happy to bring him back. Uh, Mac isn't coaching again from by all appearances. He's got retired coach in his Twitter bio. He said Louisville was the last job he'll ever have. We'll see. I mean, it is nice sitting on what, like a hundred k a month from them for the next like three years. Yeah, he got he got the Bobby got Bonilla deal. Hey, get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> but back to Arizona, a, a team, another super efficient team, top ten in both offense and defense efficiency. This is a team that's way ahead of schedule, like you were saying in their rebuilding program. I haven't watched a ton of uh, Arizona basketball. I just know from listening and reading, everybody loves them right now. Um, I'm going to try to get more familiar on them here um, in the next couple of days and go back and watch some of their tape. But you know, just looking at the advanced stats i can see why people like them arizona is one of those teams where you can tell they're still not playing their best basketball which is scary yeah that's fair um and so but with teams like this right with the arizona i don't know if there's another team in the in the pool that's like this that is achieving early you wonder if they're since they haven't really hit a wall if the tournament will make them hit a wall or will Lloyd run up against a vet 
who maybe has a lesser team and get out coached. Right? That's the kind of argument that I had, not the out coach part with Gonzaga, but like I think why they have failed to break. It took them so long to break through for the Final Four. They still haven't won a national championship, even though they've constantly been to the top yeah. tier. I think it, it the argument, it, you know, some people laugh it off, but I think there's some legality or legitimacy to it. Legality, legitimacy to it. The fact that they don't play in a very good conference and they play yeah. good basketball, but they don't run up against a whole lot of walls in conference champions or conference play. They don't have to fight through things in adversity, and they're not challenged. And then they get to the tournament and they get socked in the face by a team and they have trouble rebounding. They have trouble pulling themselves. That's why I like the Providence and the Wisconsin of the world, not to win at all, but they know what it's like to be in tough games. Yes, there's a luck yeah. factor in there, but that's basketball. That's college basketball. There's always a luck factor. The ball spins, you know, a, a slightly different rotation on a shot. It goes in or whatever. But those teams know how to compete in these really tough moments. And I do, that's a good point about Arizona. You know, in your opinion, do you think that they have that ability where if they get socked in the face, because there's a very good chance they're going to in, in the bracket they're currently set up to play in, can they fight through that? I think they can. I think I'm just, I am putting, uh, I'm being a naysayer to Arizona and saying don't get too high on them. But in all honesty, I think, I mean, the Pac 12 isn't, um, is in a down conference so no, not by any stretch of the imagination so they're playing tough opponents it's just that weird things happen in the tournament so right now they're playing in the south they'll play jackson jackson state jacksonville state um as predicted we don't know and then they'll whoever wins against boise and creighton and i don't know if either one of those teams can punch arizona in the mouth and maybe Maybe if they run up against Alabama, Texas Tech, or something like that, then they'll have a real challenge. Uh, I do think, though, if you are, if, if, if what I'm looking at, so I'm at, on CBS, and if they're right that Arizona is in a bracket with Purdue, I think that's an interesting matchup. Very interesting. Arizona to one and Purdue to two, I think that's a super matchup. But then if I'm Purdue, Colgate is not a team I want to see in my bracket, see playing first either. No. Um, a streaky. I hate streaky teams. As a Michigan State, as somebody who still is trying to recover from a bad loss, streaky teams are the worst. Someone, a team that everyone will just hit a three out of nowhere. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. So I'm with you. I am with you. <laughs> um, this is a team, and this will help a little bit, kind of with conference tournaments and, and things of that nature, with the Villanovas of the world. I know I picked St. John's tonight. Nova. I think I think the Villanova is going to have a a tough matchup with St. John's. I think they're going to win the game, but I think they've got a tough matchup in that bracket. St. John's is a team they like to play in passing lanes. Their hands are very active. They bring an attitude. But Villanova as a whole, we've talked about them a couple times. You know, they don't have that team that's stud loaded, but they have a really good team that plays as a team, and that's redundant what I just said, but it's true. Like, they're a basketball team this year that doesn't have the Mikel Bridges of the world that, you know, standout stars, a lot of NBA talent necessarily, super deep team, but they're playing as a really cohesive unit. But I'm going to talk for the betters out there. It's going to be interesting. I want to see what that line is for St. John's against Villanova, but I think that's a tough matchup for them in the Big East tournament um, because while, yes, they should win it, St. John's is feisty. I think they could potentially make a little noise. Um... We'll see about Seton Hall here. The Big East tournament's looking interesting. Who do you think's coming out of the Big East, and who do you think kind of can make the most noise in the tournament out of that conference? UConn, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> UConn's a weird one for me to put. Like they, at times they feel they're built to make a run, right? Like you watch them, and yes. you're like, "This yep. is a team that can make a run." But similar, they have that streakiness in them. Where there's other times you're like, "Oh, they're going to get boat raced here in the tournament because yes. they just the pieces aren't fitting at times." You have said it perfectly, and I was just about to say that UConn is a very streaky team, but they're a streaky team that can sustain their streakiness sometimes, yeah. if that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, Checks so, out. Yeah. Um, whereas other teams will get hot and then, you know, go cold. Um, UConn is very well coached, too. I think sometimes they get overcoached, though. That's fair. I I, I could agree and, with that. And Dan Hurley just yeah. loses his ever-loving mind. And Dan Hurley line. loses it, and I think that gets <laughs> – that plays out on the team. I mean, it's hard for me not to say that Nova won't come out of this tournament. When when does when does St. John's and Nova play? Soon they play tomorrow. Tomorrow at seven, yeah, I believe. Okay. Or no, sorry. Yeah, they'll play tomorrow at seven. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow at seven. Yeah. Um, 
it's hard for me not to pick Nova. Uh, I remember we we talked about this last week or the week before last when I asked you and Tim because they were going to be my my like dark horse team was going to be Nova to go through the con or to to get to the final four. Um, and then you and Tim were basically like, eh, it's not really much of a dark horse there. I, I don't think it's like once again. It, it's the fans are gonna be like, all right, stop saying we get it's matchup based. God, just drop it. But it is like this is again another very efficient team, especially offensively because they play. It's so weird, but you you know if you know, like there are there are teams that have a guy that you go you when you need him to go get a basket, he'll go get it. But it's all centered around that guy. The offense is built around that guy. Nova certainly has guys that can go good at basket, but it's built from a team basis. Like it's right. it's it's a machine at this point. So all of it is well prepared. It's well oiled. It's a well run machine right now that isn't breaking down. Everybody knows their roles. They play within their roles. They play within the scheme. They don't try to do anything crazy, and that wins a ton of basketball games. That makes them super efficient, and that makes them really hard to beat because they don't shoot themselves in the foot a whole lot. Like they don't. Yeah, I guess- they don't hurt themselves a whole lot, which makes it matchup based. Like, is there a team? that can really push them kind of like UConn did in the regular season where they bring the fight to them. They, they revert. It's like miracle when they played the Russians, they take their game and throw it back in them and try to make them make mistakes, which you saw at the end of the game. That's how you beat the yeah, team, but it's match based. That's exactly what I was about to say. If you're, if you're Nova, you don't want to see UConn right in this conference. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, because you've lost to them twice now, right? Yeah, I think so. I know they did. Lost um, a lot. I don't remember if they lost the second or the first time. For the first time, yeah. Well, you at least lost that crazy game at the end yeah. at UConn <laughs> yeah. when Dan Hurley got ejected. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And honestly, I mean, who 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 else am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to say Providence? I was going to see what you said with Providence. I don't think so. I think Providence is still a very good team, and we talked about it last podcast. What level of success do they have to have? Before, because I think exactly. honestly, outside of making like the elite eight, I think it, no matter when they if they made the Sweet Sixteen and lost, everybody who's been saying they're frauds is going to say, "See, told you so." They're frauds, even though at that point right. you're like, "Wait, they won the regular season conference championship and they made it the Sweet 16. I don't know the degree or level they have to get to before people acknowledge that they're good, but they're a good basketball team. You don't win the amount of games that they won without being a good basketball team. Sure, there's a luck factor in there. I know they're number one in the luck metric or whatever. I don't care. They play really good. Anytime you watch this team, yes, they get lucky. But they're also, when you watch them, their mentality, you can sense it. They're in the game. They're focused. They are driven. They're not letting small things jolt them off games. Where we see other teams, one thing goes wrong, and the whole thing collapses like a deck of cards. They don't have that happen. And so this team, just like Wisconsin, I think, is built for the tournament. They're built for chaos. They're built for tough games. Do I think they're going to go very far? No. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did, and I'm I've I have removed the fraud tag from them. I think they've had the level of success and they've earned. They're no longer fraudulent. But I think everybody to the mo- to their mother is gonna be screaming they're fraudulent, no matter when they get bounced. Um, Providence was regular season champs. Yes, outright, yeah. outright. Yeah, even after that, they lost to Nova the last game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they they're outright champs. Um, I don't think Providence is a fraud. When we brought up, when you talked about that uh, last week or the week before last, and we talked about that, I didn't think Providence. I, they did win some close games, but like you said, you don't continue to win games based off luck. That's you don't win twenty three games in the Big East yeah. in a major Power Five conference on luck yeah. alone. Like, but that's because we're a smart it. podcast. We're we're good. This is why people come here. They know they're not going to get bullshit takes for the sense of bullshit takes. We're giving you. I real will stuff. say this: if Providence, if you see Providence as We'll talk about this more. I think Providence will be a four or a five C, right? Yeah, probably. But if Providence ends up in that five twelve matchup, the dreaded five twelve matchup, right? You may want to pick the other way. Um uh, as like your your Yeah, it depends on who that is. Uh We'll talk about that more next week. Yeah. All right. Let's switch <laughs> yeah. gears. Big Ten. Big Ten tournament. You're looking at the Big, Big Ten, Ten tournament. You're looking at the teams that are coming out. Who do you think? Who do you think's winning the Big Ten tournament? You've watched Big Board. Big. Big Ten tournament teams. Um, dark, and how do you think they dark. present in the March Madness tournament as a whole? So Big Ten tournament and then March Madness tournament as a whole. Yeah. Uh, dark horse pick here is Michigan. Um, they're streaky. 
Now, you know that's right a serious there. poke, Pokes, because if you're new to the podcast, this is a Michigan State man saying this, and if you are familiar yeah. with the podcast, you already know. <laughs> you know if you know, but that is a legit yep. thing. Yeah. Um, dark horse to win the tournament, Michigan. Um, I think for two reasons. One, Michigan technically still is on the bubble, although I think they've won enough games to be in the field as like an 11 seed or a 10 seed, um, in my opinion. Um, I'd agree with that. That's just... That's just in my opinion. Um, but if they win the tournament, then you put they're in the field and Obviously. there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, they they've won they've won without Hunter Dickinson. And if you leave him in the game and let him score thirty points, which he is wont to do, I don't know how you beat them. <laughs> so they have beat him when they've taken him out the game. But there's only a few teams that can do that, right? So your Iowa's, your Purdue's of the world, your Ohio State's, um, tried to do it. Um, so that's my dark horse pick who I think should win this tournament, right? Is Purdue. I think Purdue should go ahead, um, finish off the big 10 and do it. I think Illinois is a, is a second is my second pick for that. Um, and the only reason I'm not saying Illinois straight out is I think Illinois is probably going to prepare for the tournament, prepare for the the, the NCAA tournament, right? I don't think them. Uh, I don't think them. I don't think Brad Underwood is going to make them play super hard in the in the Big Ten tournament. I think if you're Purdue, though, you want to have that that um, we won the Big Ten tournament under your belt. Do I think your next question is? Do I think Michigan State can win the Big Ten tournament? And the answer there is no. Uh, I think they can beat Maryland, um, but I think after that, they'll probably lose. Um, now, overall, how do I think the Big Ten is going to do? I'm going to fall back on what you said. It is all about the matchups. There are some teams out there that I think the Big Ten would blow the doors off of. Um, and then there are some teams out there that I think the Big Ten would get uh, what Like, if you're a Big Ten team, you don't want to see Tennessee. I don't care what – maybe if you're Michigan, maybe – any other team, I don't. You haven't seen a team that plays like that, right? Who plays that type of on the floor basketball? Who will pass it and, um, you know, pass it, pass it, and then you know, dunk it before you can even get down, before you can even set your defense. I, you don't want to see that. I think another team we talked, we ragged on them, but if you're a Big Ten team, I don't think you want to see an Arkansas either, right? Uh, a team who is going to play the same type of game that you want to play and is going to have better players. Um, and so I think you'll see a handful of teams in a round of 32. Um, you, I, I think we'll see. Here's my prediction. We'll see two Big Ten, at the very least, two Big Ten teams in the Sweet 16. Okay. I, I'm i nervous for the Big Ten. It, it is matchup-based, but I'm nervous because yeah. I was very high on Purdue, and my nervous meter has, has ticked up. The, those those sensors, my spidey nervous sensors are are going off for Purdue because a couple weeks ago, you know, a month and a half ago, I was like, damn, Purdue might be, you know, one of the four best teams in the country. And now I'm like, mm, this feels like every other Purdue team. Like, they're really good, yep. but they're going to get a coach at some point, which we've been talking about, and just bottom out. Wisconsin. I really like Wisconsin. They've got guys that can go get you a bucket when they need a bucket. They've arguably the best player in the Big Ten, one of the best players in the country, who did get banged up in that final game. Yep. I didn't look at his status, but I think he's going to be okay, but going to be a little banged up. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. March Madness time. Not great. Not a great moment there for us on the podcast as we say that. But either way, Wisconsin, a little nervous about. Illinois, love them if they play their game and they don't force things. But, you know, we'll see. It, it, it is matchup-based. I'm a little nervous. I really like Illinois, I think, out of the bunch. I think they present the strongest team without seeing matchups. I think when I look at them... And I look at all the Big Ten teams as a whole. I think Illinois is the strongest team to make some noise in the tournament. Yeah. But we'll see. We're talking about the players, right? And if a team, if I had to pick a team just based off players, right, it's going to be a toss up between Johnny Davis at Wisconsin and um, a very motivated uh, Kofi Coburn, right? Right. At Illinois. Uh, if if 
if that's all we're basing it on. If we're talking about complete teams, I think you're right. Illinois, I'm sorry, Wisconsin has a more complete team, but you know, Trent Frazier um, and Coburn and, and even um, Hawkins, like if they can get going, Illinois becomes a very dangerous team who is going to beat you both ways, right? They're going to dump it down to Kofi and Kofi, Kofi's passing skills have jumped tremendously. And so they're going to pass it down to Kofi and then pass it back out. And Illinois is up nine points on you really quickly. Um, Johnny Davis, though, does things that are just inhuman sometimes uh, to the chagrin of a lot of (laughs) big teams. And to me, there's no way he doesn't do repeat that performance. Plus, you got the oldest man in Big Ten history, Brad Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's never leaving. Always got it. So, uh, yeah, and and there's something to say about. So I'm joking about Brad Davidson, but there's something to say about having an experienced guard on your team. That sometimes that's just going to beat teams just based off experience and nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I think for Illinois, it has to run through Trent. He's got to play really good defense, get it going on the defense side of the floor, and then the offense has sort of got to run through him. I think if they try to run it through Kofi, who has been phenomenal and, you know, arguably the strongest player, but, like, I think for the tournament's sake, you know, Trent is kind of the yeah. most important player on the court for Illinois. Yes. Um, Guard we, play is always the – your backcourt is always the most important thing in the tournament. Always. always. Always, 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 always. If you are if you are looking at your bracket and you are stumped between two teams, pick the team which you think has the guy at guard who will make the difference. Whoever or that team guys. is, or two guys, yeah, that's your that's your difference maker. If if you remove anything from this podcast, your difference maker when you're thinking about betting a team or you're thinking about picking a team for your bracket. Look at the guard play. If you're if it's close, if if, if it's a close thing where you're kind of like, ah, oh, I could go either ways. Look at that. That should be your determining factor. And I think we're gonna know real quick what type of player we're getting out of Trent Frazier in the tournament. But he's the player to watch, I think, closely, especially in that first game. I would really be watching him in the in the conference tournament. Like if he's firing in all cylinders, this is a super dangerous team. But if he's not, Illinois is gonna have some problems. But I think I think he is he's not necessarily the best player on the team, but he's the most important piece they have. Yeah, and that's why I said too with with the Kofi caveat is a motivated because we've seen him yeah. disappear in a couple of games, and I don't think Frazier can do it on his by himself. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. I mean, Hawkins will come in there and he'll help, Haw- right? Yeah, and um, Hawking, Hawkins. Sorry, I said Hawkins, Hawkinson, yeah. I think, or something. My bad, I messed yeah. up his name, but that's that's no news to the Trophy Kids. <laughs> Me messing up names. Um, yeah, and then Wisconsin, like you said, uh, Davis. I mean, insane guard play. He is a difference maker. We'll see, you know, how he looks post um, getting a little injured there. But, you know, we'll see. Um, SEC tournament, SEC tournament, and big picture. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. This is a conference where I feel like virtually every team is really great at home and then sort of head scratcher what you're going to get night in, night out on the road. I don't know what to make of this conference because it feels really dense and good, but there are so many teams that, and once again, we're hitting you over the head with this, and I apologize, but matchup-based. And it's sort of why I feel like Kentucky is the most versatile. They can kind of play whatever game they need to play, where I don't know if Auburn and Arkansas, Tennessee has the ability to adapt, I think, a little bit. But like yes, a lot yep. of these teams, I don't think have the ability to adapt. They have to play their game, their system, and it has to work. Otherwise, they're screwed. Where Kentucky and Tennessee, I feel like, are the only teams I'm confident that they can kind of adapt to how the game is going. Do you feel like that's correct, or is that wildly off in your opinion? No, I think oh, you've seen Auburn stumble twice when they're not able to, like you're saying, adapt to situations or um, they get outplayed in the second half and don't really turn it up except the one game that they did Um, or they get outplayed in the first half and they don't really like uh, produce in the second half. Um, I think what you're saying is true too, that Kentucky is the most complete of these teams. Um, I think Tennessee again is the most dangerous of these teams in SEC Uh, and dangerous. Don't let me, let me put a caveat on this. Dangerous does not mean that they're going to win. Dangerous means if you look up and Tennessee is in the elite eight, don't be surprised. No, not at all. (laughs) That's what dangerous means, but dangerous could also mean 
Tennessee, like you said, can't play away from SEC and get smoked in the round of 32. So, I mean, their project is a three seed right now. Tennessee is my is is my dark horse out of there. Um, Kentucky would be my safe safe pick. I think if you put too much on Auburn to win, to go far in the tournament, their conference tournament, I think that's okay. But if you put too much in, on Auburn as your one C to go all the way, I think that's where we when we talk about this next week. I think that's where I would put caution. I agree with that. I don't. I don't spot a lie there. Um, it, the SEC is super interesting to me because there is loads of talent and there's a lot of fun. Like I, that's a conference that I have a ton of fun watching when I just want to watch games. Um, yeah. And there's so many guys that just explode off the television. Um, yeah. And, and really Alabama is like one of those teams where I'm just like I don't know what to do. Yeah, with them, right? I could, I think I could make an argument to say Alabama it could give everybody trouble in the um, in the tournament, and then I could say I really don't know what Ala- what you don't know which Alabama you're going to get, right? Right, hundred percent fair. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, yeah. And then we talked about Arkansas. If you let Arkansas play a big bruising game with you, you're going to lose. But if you can stretch Arkansas out, which there are going to be teams that can stretch Arkansas out, I think you win handily. So, I, I don't. But see, Arkansas and Kentucky, right? Uh, you know, yeah. that's a it's a matchup where, like, if Ark if if you make, although that game was that game could have went anyway, so maybe it's a bad argument, and maybe I shouldn't make it, but. I mean, Arkansas did win, so yeah. I got it. I I get that. Let's talk about a conference. Switch it up. A conference we've given virtually no love to. We barely talked about Big Twelve country. This is a conference with some teams in it. The reason we haven't given love to it because how do you? What am I supposed to do? (laughs) I don't know if the Big Twelve. If the big. If it turns out that we watch two Big Twelve teams as you know. In the championship, I mean, I'm gonna watch it, but I won't be happy about it. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I look at this 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 conference and Texas Tech, great story. Lose their coach, shove it right back in his face. Playing incredibly efficient defense, number one most efficient defense in the country, number four in um, defensive field goal percentage allowed, number sixteenth in field goals attempts allowed per 100 trip. Like, this is a suffocating defense offensively. They got good field goal percentage, decently efficient team. Um, their advanced statistics aren't aren't terrible. They're, they're pretty good. And then you look at a Kansas, and you're like, damn, this mm-hmm. is another team where, like, they make a run. I'm not very surprised. And then you got a Baylor. Sure, it's not Baylor that we saw you, you the buzz on that was. Baylor. But, like, you don't want to play. Exactly. You don't want to play yeah, them. You don't want to. So like, yeah. I, and you're and you're leaving off the two who are like, and eh, maybe, but Iowa State and TCU aren't teams to sneeze at either. No, TCU so, has shown they can they can play with anybody at times. Right. Like it, it's it's a bruiser of a conference, and I I'm with you. I don't know what to make heads or tails of it. I've been trying to get a better feel for it, and I still hand up being honest. I don't have a great feel for it right now. I won't be surprised by any outcome. Is essentially what I'm having. I do like. Texas Tech, but uh, I'm just kind of going with the safe play, and it's very generic and kind of probably square of me. But it's Kansas. Like I just, uh, I, I don't know. There's just something about them that I feel a little bit safer with, and maybe that's just because the brand and self and the coach and just the the way they play. But I like Texas Tech. I like Baylor. I like TCU. I don't hate Texas. I think Texas is a little bit playing above where they they really should be but it's a heck of a conference right now yeah texas is the only one where i'm like eh. uh, <laughs> texas tech though is probably my favorite out of the bunch i think texas tech has a good story one but as you pointed out um their advanced stats aren't terrible either um and they're, while they're not the most efficient team, right, um, they still have quality wins in their um, quad one. Their net ranking qu- right now is a 12. 
Um, and they play in the they play in the big they're they're third in the Big Twelve right now. Um, I, I just think mine is Texas Tech. That's who I think you should watch out for. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech if Texas Tech gets out of this if Texas Tech wins their conference tournament. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I, I, I like the team. I love what they've done. I love that they've owned Texas this season after the betrayal that happened there. Um, good story. Yep. Like to see the program and where they're at. Had a lot of fun watching them make their run last year. Um, I I do enjoy when I put on the game. I haven't watched a ton of them. Hands up. I got to get better at watching some of their basketball. I'm going to watch that tournament a little bit closer. Um, probably the Big East and Big 12 are the two conference tournaments that I'm really kind of eyeballing because I know the Big East and I love the Big East. And the Big 12, I need to get a little bit of peg better picture for our, our show next week but yeah it's the don't be surprised conference i feel like that's their model yeah, this year don't be like if we saw tech if we saw texas tech hold on i would have to see how these we'll see but if we saw texas tech if we see two big 12 teams in the final four don't be surprised i'm with that all right um not a whole love to the acc not a, a very flat conference this year duke duke's conference hilarious got so much joy out of UNC just shoving it. To, I mean, that is college basketball. That is rivalries. That is awesome for the sport to have UNC come in on Coach K's final game and just shove it to him. They probably, well, no, nah, I guess not. They're 23 and 8. But the ACC was down this year. Hugely um, down. Yeah. Yeah. And. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if UNC got a very, very low seed. I don't know what their net is. Um, it's a 33, but that might be inflated a little bit. Um, yeah, I think that that win against Duke really helped. 100%, um, yeah. UNC. Um, Duke is not Dukes of years past, but um, you can't count out Coach K. Just like you can't count out Coach Izzo. His nope. team is one that I don't really know what to make of. This is It's kind of funny that we talked about the Big 12 and the ACC back-to-back. I don't know what to make out of those, the top two programs in the ACC. Um, not because they're good, but because um, the ACC just hasn't been good. And then when we're talking about teams like Syracuse and people getting suspended because they're punching people during games. <laughs> <laughs> they have Bayhines out there just running a mockery of the sport. Yeah, so I don't know. Don't I somebody said the two three zones outdated. He took real offense to it and just like, knocked <laughs> the wind exactly, out of him. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Um I don't know. Duke isn't super efficient either though, but you know what Duke can do, while they might not be super efficient, they will drop 70 points on you very quickly right on your head without you even realizing it just like that but then they get a little cocky like they did in the unc game and then let the they they put the gas on or they put the brakes on a little bit they don't stay all gas no brakes and it it can flip on them too real quick yeah they're they're currently ninth in points per game so yeah duke is uh they're defense i don't know what they are in defense but it's not they're not playing suffocating defense out there. Yeah. Um, but Duke is – my dad used to say this all the time. As a little kid, it used to make me upset because I'm like, of course, dad. But Duke is a team that wants to trade baskets with you because their baskets are going to be going to be worth more than your baskets. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like that a lot. Um, as a kid, I'll be like, dad, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but, <laughs> your math isn't adding up. But there's some truth. Yeah. You know if you know. You, you get yeah. the sentiment. <laughs> Um, all right, anything else before? I mean, obviously, we're going to go real in-depth next week. We're going to bring the bracket show back to you, go through the bracket, yes. make our picks. We'll post it, all that good stuff. But anything college basketball-wise before we wrap this up, you want to get out there? Uh, We talked about the Pac-12 with Arizona. Um, we're talking about the AAC. Watch out for Memphis. This is a team that's peaking at the right time. Um, but Houston is the team to watch there in the AAC. Um, Memphis with their... Uh, Imani Bates drama and um, Penny telling off the press seems to have gotten his coaching back. I think once everyone counted Memphis out, Memphis kind of once the spotlight was off Memphis, Memphis started to perform. Yeah. Right? Um, 
which I think is a good thing. Um, also, I, I would love to see, uh, as much as I don't like Memphis because of the Amani Bates stuff, I would love to see Penny win a win a couple win a few games. Um, and oh, don't sleep on Davidson. Uh, I know I bring everything back to MSU. It's kind of hard, but their point guard used to be MSU's point guard. So uh, don't sleep on Davidson. All right, I like that. Um, quick couple housekeeping notes: NFL, because the you know we'll do a show where we kind of recap all the news of the NFL. The NFL never goes away; it's always in our lives. Um, we'll we'll do a little bit more once free agency kind of opens up. But big quarterback news: you know you've got Russell heading to Denver. Huge that team, AFC West. I mean the quarterbacks in that conference it is it's gonna be awesome next year i mean just the best football in the world on the afc side from a quarterback perspective the nfc stinks um but russell to denver huge trade denver's now i mean they play in the toughest conference um you got patrick mahomes you've got uh justin herbert you got russell wilson and you got uh Carr. tough yeah. tough division to win who, football games who's the most consistent of that group though <sighs> Right. Well, we can't say Justin because he's only you know he's barely got his toes in the water. Um, but he's hella talented. And we've seen Pat, yeah, not be consistent. I mean, Russell's really—he's probably been the most consistent, but he's been held back by his coaching. Like when you look at why his numbers aren't consistent, it almost always comes back to the philosophy coaching-wise and the way they call games changes like mid-season. They get ultra conservative and they just stop doing things that make them successful, which we talk about until we're blue in the face on the NFL show every week, I feel and, like. And one of the few teams that doesn't let Russell run the offense that he doesn't let the quarterback run the offense that he wants to run. Which Correct. Does it? Yeah. It makes no make sense. sense. Yeah. Because yeah. when Russ cooks, he cooks. Um, Denver's automatic. I mean, we were talking about this even before the season started. Like if Aaron Rodgers, we were talking about if Aaron Rodgers went there before this previous season even started, they'd automatically be my bet to win the Super Bowl because this team is built to win. Now we'll see with the coaching change because Vic Vangio had built one of the best defenses in the league. And so all you really needed offensively, you had pieces. You just needed a quarterback. Um, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. You had, Carson Wentz going to the Commanders in an absolute head-scratcher of a move. I think the Commanders absolutely panicked. They took on his entire contract, um, and they gave up picks for it. I don't know. Good I mean, for Carson Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tough spot for them. And then biggest news, probably outside of Russell being traded, I'm glad that he kind of cucked him out of this news, Aaron Rodgers going back to Packers, showing that he's the biggest drama queen in the world. Um, he's going to take an insane same part of their salary cap. The numbers are not official yet. That hasn't been tweeted, but it's quite significant. And I tweeted out and it's the fact that I'm going to die by only once in the history of the NFL has a team won a Super Bowl where their quarterback made up 13% or more of their salary cap. And that was in 1994 with Steve Young. So not generally a recipe for winning championships, paying your quarterback below that above that 13% mark. So just a little fun fact out there for you. Interesting. That is uh that is the fact of the day. There you go. That's the fact of the day. The pick of the day hit with St. John's. Um anything else before we wrap this up? No, I'm very excited for next week for selection Sunday. Um excited to see which teams peak at the right time and which teams don't. I'm really excited for the upsets. I love the upsets. Um, I have to embrace the darkness of the upset since I was a two seed that got upset by a 16 seed, so um, or whatever seed. Uh, Giddy Potts will be in my nightmare for my nightmares forever, but sorry, right, I got that upsets. with Florida State when Xavier was a one seed and JP McCurra fouled out with a, the cleanest block I've ever seen. Ugh. People on the International Space Station knew that wasn't a foul. <laughs> So we'll see. I am not happy to see what Michigan does in either <laughs> either tournament. I feel like Michigan does things just despite me personally. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's how yeah. that works. Just yeah. <laughs> just me. They know they know these things hurt my feelings and and they do it. Um, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, it's March. It's my favorite time of year. Even though uh, some people are like, well, really is mostly april right but <laughs> yeah that's fair it's not but, true well uh, we have conference tournaments in march like yeah we, got we conferences have conference in the first in march, the start yeah. yeah the first start of the the we get the first two weekends of the tournament in 
in March. So and then next year, Trophy Kids will broadcast from the first round of the tournament. Absolutely. I like it. We're giving that out there. 100% (laughs) guaranteed. Um, I like it. We'll do that. Set that for the fans. Uh, My final words is uh, I do not look as forward to it as I would if Xavier was playing. Uh, My program is dead. I am still looking forward to March Madness. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. We're going to give you some good picks, some good, hopefully, opening week bets that you can place. Um, And from the Xavier part, the program's dead and... We'll see if it can be brought back to life next year. But until then, it's it's just uh, lights out. That's all it is. <laughs> Not lights out. Xavier will That's all we got. The bubble. We'll see. They could get in the tournament. We don't deserve to, but we'll see. All right, people. As always, peace. Peace. <laughs>